Let's take our reading from verse number 14 and following. We'll do a little reading this morning, all right? And uh, listen to Paul at the church as he writes to the church at, at Rome. And uh, to those of you uh, who are not in our Sunday school or Wednesday night classes, we're studying the book of Romans, which is a very powerful book. Matter of fact, it is considered to be the masterpiece of the Apostle Paul written somewhere between A.D. 56 through A.D. 58, while Paul perhaps were at Corinth trying to receive alms and monies to take to the poor church over in Jerusalem. And this is what some call to be a didactic epistle written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Rome. Paul writes this, this book here. It's, it's, it's not a milk and bottle experience, if you will. Uh, this is meat in the book of Romans. It's not, it's not milk. This is meet in the book of Romans, and it is a very good doctrinal book uh, to learn the teachings uh, from perhaps Romans 1 all the way to Romans chapter 11. Then Paul gets in Romans chapter 12 uh, where he talks about us presenting our bodies holy and acceptable unto God. Uh, that's where he begins the practical uh, living everyday lifestyle as the Christian. So the first part he teaches doctrine. The second part he tells us since we have the doctrine now, we have a belief system in place. Now he says, since you have your belief system, now you're responsible to behave a certain kind of way. And so he writes to them, but watch him in Romans chapter 7, verse number 14. He says, reading from uh, a different version in the King James, he says, the law is good. Then the trouble is not with the law, but with me. Because I am sold into slavery, which sin as my master. Verse 15, I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. I know perfectly well that what I am doing is wrong. and My bad conscience shows that I agree that the law is good, but I can't help myself because it is the sin inside of me. <laughs> that makes me do these evil things. I know I am rotten through and through so far as my old sinful nature is concerned. No matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. Does it sound like anybody up in here? But if I am doing what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. The sin within me is doing it. Verse 21, it seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another law or another principle at work within me that is at war with my mind. This law wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. King James says, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin? Thank God 
The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. I think we ought to keep reading. Look at chapter 8, verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. The power of the life-given spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses could not save us because of our sinful nature. But God put it in effect, a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours are sinful. God destroyed sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice of our sins. Verse 4, he did this so that the requirement of the law would be fully accomplished for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Verse 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleases or please the Spirit. Verse 6, if your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. For the sinful nature is also hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. I want to talk to you on uh, the subject title, The Grind. The Grind. I'll explain that in just a minute. The Grind. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to turn my back, and I'm going to ask you a question because I don't want to see anybody's hands. And the question that I ask, I want you to, to respond to that question. All right? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm going to turn my back now. You don't have to worry about me watching and finding out who you are. And then I'm going to close my eyes. How many of you, how many of you sin in life? Just raise your hand and raise your hand high and keep them there. You sin, correct? Or, or you don't sin? You struggle with something in your life. If you do that, just keep your hand up. Just keep your hand up. Now, I can't see you. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you sin or if you struggle. Go ahead, put your hands down. Hurry up, hurry up so I can turn around. All clear? All right. Now, what I want you to understand this morning, and I'll try to do this in a short amount of time, and if not, we'll, we'll revisit this Romans later on. We'll, re, we'll revisit this again. But I want to talk to you about about the grind. Anybody know what it is to grind or to be on the grind? Sometimes you ask somebody, you say, man, what you been up to? And you say, man, I've been grinding. I've been working hard, right? I'm on the grind, right? Another term I want you to see today is not just the grind, but, but I want to use the term fight. I'm not only in a grind, but I'm I'm in a fight. Or another term is, I'm in a struggle. All right? Another phrase, I'm in a combative zone. 
All right? Now, the reason why I'm doing this lesson, y'all, is because I hear people, not just here but other places, I hear people misunderstanding salvation. And, and I want to use as a premise, as a, a thesis, that uh, Christians need to understand the power of the cross and what the cross means to us. And I don't think everybody fully understands salvation, the cross, the blood of Jesus, his, him being the perpetuation and the atonement for us. I need you to understand that one of the greatest things, or should I say the greatest thing that was ever done by mankind when Jesus is when Jesus died on the cross. That was the greatest act. It's when the Lord died on the cross. Not just when he died on the cross, but what took place on that cross. Now, let me say this before I go any forward. I want you to know what the grind is. I want you to understand that everybody is in a fight. As long as you live in this body, you will always be in some kind of fight until the Lord calls us on the other side, and until we get our new body, you will always struggle with this one. So understand that you will never, ever become sinless in this world. You will always fall. You may get up again, but you will fall down again. That's the thing with living in this body. Now let me go back to the book of Genesis. Adam, everything that happened to Adam happens to us. Adam, when he sinned, he died spiritually right there on the spot. He was separated from his God. Later on, Adam died what? Physically. When you and I sin, we are separated if we abide in sin. From our God. One day you and I are going to what? Die. Look at yourself now. You're getting older. Every year you get older, right? If you're six and today is your birthday, young Reese, you're getting older. Watch this here. Even Reese is getting closer to the grave. You are getting older each day every year. So what's the point? You're headed to the graveyard. Why? Because of what happened in the garden. Everything that took place in the garden happens to you and I. Now everything that happened in the garden with the first Adam happened to all of the people who came after Adam. All right? Everything that happened to Jesus, the second Adam, happens to us. Now, Jesus died. You died to sin. We're buried. We buried the old man. Jesus got up. We get up from the liquid tomb of baptism. As Jesus rose from the dead, you and I raised from the grave when we come out of the water. We come out of that old 
nature that started with who? Adam. And began to live not by the flesh nature, but by the spirit because it is the spirit that quickens or gives life. So we don't live by the flesh. Why? Because Paul says, uh, who shall deliver me from this what? Body of sin. So don't ever get high on yourself. I don't care what three-piece you might have. I don't care how much your pumps, your heels might cost. You need to understand that your body is but a body of sin. And you are nothing but dust. Now, if you would burn a person up and get all of the, the ashes, I don't know how much it would cost, but it wouldn't cost too much. But it costs more to bury you than what your body is really worth. Because you ain't nothing but a handful of dust. Amen, somebody. Watch this. The grind. It's a fight. It's a struggle. It's a combative zone. The zone, y'all, the combative zone is not just with the outside world. Your fight is within your own self. It's not about other people influencing us. Our body is fleshly nature. Paul says in Romans 7, he can't help himself. Y'all not listening to me. Paul was an apostle. Paul was an evangelist. Paul had unlimited measure of the Holy Spirit. But here's a man who tells you, because I am living in this body, I can't help myself. Let me tell you this. There's a difference between a struggle and being overtaken in a fall. Everybody struggles with something. But when I fall into sin and am overtaken by sin and controlled and dominated by sin and I, I walk away from the things of God, I have been overtaken by whatever that thing is that got me. Galatians 6.1, that's why he says, those who are spiritual will go out and help the one who has been overtaken by default, why? Because he needs somebody, she needs somebody to come out and take whatever it is that is dominating their life. Now watch this here. You struggle. That's what Paul was saying in Romans 7. Paul says, I want you to know I struggle. Paul didn't tell us what he struggled with. But he told us that I struggle. And Paul says, who shall deliver me from this body of sin? And then he gets on to the next verse. He says, but thank God for Jesus. Now, watch this. I'm made righteous and you are made righteous because of the righteous works of Jesus. I want you to listen closely. People will beat themselves up. They will get down on themselves. And will say, you know, I tried today, but, but I failed. Well, welcome to this thing called Christianity. They get up the next day and fall again. What you need to understand is you are not saved by the works you do. 
And I hear people talking, and, you know, I, I need to do this, and I need to do that. And I'm not trying to say you don't need to be obedient to the word, but what I'm saying is you cannot work for your salvation. You see how you're quiet? You can't work for it. it, it it's a little warm. Y'all, y'all just forgive me. There. It's a little warm up Uh, you cannot work for salvation. Some people say it's what Christ did on the cross plus what you do. Here's my thing. If I can work for my salvation along with Jesus did, how do I know when I've worked enough? And if that be the case, who going to let me know when I worked enough? If this is a body of sin in which I operate from, my entire life, I will be struggling with sin. And that's why Paul writes in Romans 7, Romans 3, get for me Romans 3, 23 right quickly. Watch this here. Romans 3 and verse 23, the Bible says, here it is, for all have what? And come short of the glory of God. Give me Romans 6, 23. Watch this here. Romans chapter 6, verse number 23. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is what? You're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die, spiritually and physically. The rewards of sin is death. Then he says, but the gift of God, what, is eternal life. How? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why Paul writes in chapter 7, he says, but thanks be to God. And he wants us to know that you cannot work for salvation. You cannot work enough to be saved, you are saved by what Jesus did on the cross. He died, he was buried, he rose, his blood came out from his side, and it's by the blood of Jesus that you and I have been forgiven. We are not working for salvation. We don't come to church because we want to be saved. We come to church because Jesus has already saved us. We are not saved, or we don't perform works that we can receive salvation we have been saved that we may perform the works of God so I don't care how much you do how much good you do that's not going to save you you have been saved by the works of Jesus and the works of the cross amen somebody yeah People beat themselves up. Now, I don't know what your struggle might be. Let me do this thing. And I use this old phone here because I put some information in it, and sometimes my mind don't work really good, so I try to put it down that I can see it. But you can't work for it. So when you wake up tomorrow morning, stop trying to do, stop trying to work your way into heaven. <laughs> you can't do it because eventually if you know like I know you can try your hardest not to sin in it, and then bam something happened <laughs> because you know why you can't help yourself it is the sin that lives within you it is this fleshly nature you can leave out of here wanting to do good and guess what somewhere down the line uh, something 
bad thought going to run across your mind. Something going to happen to you that you're going to say something wrong to somebody else with a bad kind of attitude. Why? You just can't help yourself. Because it's the nature that is in you. Let me give you this here. Uh, with this grind, and notice what we said here, that the grind also means that I am in a fight. I'm in a, I'm in a struggle. That I am in a combative zone. And because of that, every day, I don't have to war against anybody else. My fight is not really with anybody else. My fight is, is with myself. You see, that's, that's, you are your greatest enemy. It's, it's you. If you can control yourself, you will be all right. Get for me right quickly as I scroll. Get for me Romans. No, no, no. Get for me Ephesians. Get for me Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And look at verse number 8 and verse number 9. Ephesians 2 and verse number 8 and 9. For by what? For by grace are ye saved. What is grace now? Grace is something that God gives us that you cannot work for. All right? That's grace. God extended his grace to us. Mercy is when you do deserve something. God withhold it from you. So grace is God giving you something that you don't deserve. Mercy is God, when you do deserve it, he withholds it from you. All right? All of us deserve to die and to go to hell. But God's mercy fell upon us. His grace fall upon us. So he says, by grace you are what? Save how? Through faith. And that not of your, do you see it? Not, it's not by what you do. He says, it is the what? Look at verse 9. Not of, here it is, not of what? Works. Lest any man should what? Don't you know there are certain people who still try to boast about what they've done in the church and how much they do and how much good they do, how much people they do and what, no, no, no. That's not going to save you because at the end of all of what the good that you do, the Bible says that all of your good is but filthy rags. Are y'all listening to this? It's, it's, it's about what Jesus did, y'all. Not what you do. Not what I do. It's not by your works, but it's by the work of the cross. It is not by what I do. It is the grace of God. And, this, and let me give you this here, the grind. Look here. Give me point number one. Point number one, dealing with the knowledge. You got that back there? Point one, knowledge of my salvation. Knowledge of my salvation. I have to know what happened on the cross. And what does that mean for me? Because failing to know can result in doubting my salvation. See, I need to know what happened on that cross. I need to know somebody took my place, yes, but I need to know the power that was on the cross and the blood of Jesus that came from that cross, that cross, because I am dependent on too much of my own works and not enough of the works that happened with Jesus. You know, 
There's so much bad that we do. So we say. And I believe we try to do so much good. We understand what's bad, but we try to do good. We try to do good, and that's what you're supposed to do. But whenever you start depending on you, you start depending on your flesh. And your flesh can't do it. He, he, he can't do it. I don't care how hard you try. You will always fall. So you have to have knowledge. What? Knowledge of what happened on the cross. Knowledge of my salvation. What took place on the cross. How it took place. What does that mean for me? What did it mean to me? What does it mean for me at the end of my life? Look at number two. Let Give me number two. Point number two here. Faith in my salvation. I need to have faith in my salvation. I not only need to know, have knowledge of salvation, what happened, what it means, but I need also to have faith in the salvation that took place on the cross. Now watch this here. What happened on the cross, y'all? Jesus took away all sin on the cross, but it does not apply to us until we come in contact with the blood of Jesus. He died that all might be saved. And when his blood came out and when he was buried and when he rose again the third day, the Bible says that he got up with what? With all power in what? In his hands. Jesus helped us that sin does not dominate us anymore. He helped us where death does not dominate us anymore. That means that when you die, you don't have to worry about debt controlling you anymore because Jesus has the keys to both hell and the grave. And so when he comes back, the Bible says, those who are dead in Christ shall rise what? First. Those who are alive shall remain. Somebody say, I hope I'm alive. I hope I'm alive when he come back because you don't want to die. It don't make no difference, y'all. Whether you're living or dead, if you're in Christ alive, you're going to spend eternity with him. If you're in Christ dead, you're going to get up. And matter of fact, he says, you're going to be the first one to get up. He ain't going to forget about you. He's going to leave the living hanging for a little while, and then he's going to deal with the dead folk, get them up, they're going to rise, and then y'all going to come afterwards. Faith in my salvation. Let me give you this second point over here. Let me give you the second point over here. Watch this here. Faith in my salvation. I have to believe in my salvation. You have to believe. You have to believe you're saved. You, you have to believe that. That's faith. It, it takes faith to believe that. I must believe that I am saved. I have to believe in the works of the cross. Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it is impossible to him. By faith are we saved. Yes, it's faith and works, but it's by the working of the cross. I must believe in the works of God on the cross, the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Watch this here. Get for me. Let me see uh, John chapter 6. John chapter 6, I think that's what I want. And uh, 
Let me see verse number verse number 36. Let's see uh, what that says there. I may not have it, but but I say unto you that ye also have seen me now. That's not that's not it. Go to John uh, chapter 6, verse number 29. Let's see if that's there. Let's go to 29. We're just searching out there. Jesus answered and said unto him, this is the work of God. There it is. That ye may believe on him who had sent or he had sent. This is the work of God. I want you to know what happened on the cross, y'all, was not the work of man. That was the work of God. We are saved by the works of God, not by the works of man. Perform good works, but know and understand that you ain't getting into heaven because you perform some good works. You're getting into heaven because you have been saved to perform good works because you have obeyed in the gospel, you have placed your trust in Jesus, your faith in him. You obeyed the gospel because you were obedient to his word. Jesus rewards us, or God does, with salvation. So you can't work for it. It is the gift. It is the gift of God. So in saying that on today, give me the third point there as we come to a close. Point number two. Point number two. Now we are saved. By the works of Jesus, by the things that he did on the cross. And I want you to understand that, again, we are not saved by everything that we say and everything that we think and everything that we do. I'm saved so I can perform the good works that God received the glory. That's what it's about. It's about God receiving the glory. And that's why Paul went to Rome, so that God can receive the glory. The Bible says that if Jesus be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That's why he wanted to go into Rome, so he can lift Jesus up, so that he can draw all men to the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Third and final point, this here, live what I believe. I need to live in the faith of my salvation. I can't live life beating myself up if I happen to sin. If I get drunk, anybody know how to get drunk? If you don't understand, that's, this is what I'm talking about. Somebody's struggle is drunkenness. Somebody really struggles with that. Somebody fights with it. It's their personal combative zone. It is their grind. They have to work hard in this manner. And so whether yours is drunkenness, and you get in the car, and you drink, and you drive, and so happens that you get pulled over and get a ticket, whether it be you or whether it be me, and my wife or your wife have to bail us out, or you, you might smoke a little pot. Hello, somebody. You might smoke a little pot. Puff, puff, give. Puff, puff, pass. Or, or, you might get angry by cussing somebody out. Or you might have lost your temper and done some ungodly act. Am I supposed to give up and just die? If I get in a heated argument with my mother or with my wife, Am I supposed to sit down Sunday 
and not preach the gospel? Oh, oh, somebody. I'm trying to show you this thing here. If I am thinking bad thoughts all day and go act the fool, am I supposed to sit in sackcloth and ashes and say the Our Father prayer ten times, pray the Hail Mary prayer twenty times until the Lord send me a sign from heaven? I think not. Why? Because I am what? In Christ. Jesus covers me. His blood covers me. Jesus has become an advocate for me. Get for me 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Watch this here. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John 2. My little children. Watch what he says. These things write unto you that ye sin not, right? The goal, y'all, is not to sin. The motivation is not to sin. But John has enough sense to know that you're going to sin. And so what John does, he says, My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, actually it's when you sin. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, what? The righteous. The reason why he looks at us as being righteous is because his son is righteous. We are saved, y'all. We're not looking for salvation. We are saved right now. We are not looking forward to going to heaven. We are on our way now going to heaven. All we're waiting for is for God to give the call and for Jesus to come and to take us with him. Give me verse 2, the same chapter here. Watch this here, verse 2. And he is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for sins of the whole world. That's why I told you when he died on the cross, his dying took care of all sin, y'all. But you come in contact with the blood, you are forgiven for every sin in your life. There's no sin you can do that is not on the cross. Or should I say was on the cross? Every sin you commit, Jesus done took care of that sin. And I like what he does. Give me 1 John. I'm just trying to show you this. 1 John 1. 1 John 1. Give me 1 John 1, 7, and then we'll come down the line. 1 John 1, 7. But if we what? Walk. And, and I'm showing you this, y'all. You don't have to be scared if you sin. If you mess up, if you got faults, you have to understand you go sin. But when you sin, you got to get up again. When you fall, don't allow the devil to put his feet on your neck and keep you there. You got to get up again because you don't live by the flesh. We live by the spirit. We have to allow the spirit to lead us. So watch what he says. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And what? And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth. <laughs> that TH means it's ongoing. Us from some of our sins, from three of our sins, the top five sins. All of your sins, y'all, is forgiven when you walk 
in the light. Now that means some of us sometime going to walk in darkness. But you got to get out of the dark and come into the light. And when you come into the light, because you are already connected to Jesus, the blood of Jesus, cleanse you of your sins. You don't have to stay away from the church. You don't have to stay away from God's people. All you got to say is, Father, I have sinned. And I ask you to forgive me. Why we beat ourselves up? I remember coming up as a child of God, man, folk make it seem like, man, if you cough too loud in church, you are on your way to hell. Be quiet. Don't say, and there were some folk in the church, man, I tell you, they had some, they had a bunch of pit bulls in there, and they just look at you, and they look at you, and you just, you just like, all right, I'm good. I ain't going to move again. Don't do that. You can't do that in church. Don't do that in church. Stop that. You can't. It was almost like saying, if you did it, you're going to hell. How you going to live? Like a child of God, and you got to walk on eggshell. Ooh, I, I can't do, ooh, I can't. I might as well just stay in one place. Stay home, don't go nowhere. And you can stay home, and you can sin at the house. God gives us grace, and I'm not saying abuse your grace. That was Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What should I say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, no, you can't, you can't abuse your grace. But it is by grace that we are saved. And so he says, but as we walk by faith in the light, or walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses, or his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, you a liar. Y'all follow what I'm saying? You, you, you ain't got no, you, you, you can't but sin, y'all. You gonna mess up. But it ain't the end of the world. You can still go to heaven. But he says, if we say we have no sin, there are some people in the church who think that they live above sin. They make you think like, like if you sin, ooh, God gonna get you. You going to the third level in hell. You going to the third degree fire in hell. We all sin. Your job is to encourage me not to sin again. But don't make me feel belittled. Don't make me feel lesser. Don't, don't make me feel inferior. No. We all sin. Paul already settled that score. He said we all in the same boat, including Paul. We all mess up. But he says Jesus who cleans us up. Watch this here. We deceive ourselves. Stop saying you don't, you know, you stop deceiving yourself. And the truth is not in. Give me the next verse. If we confess our, you can't confess what is not there. He said, if we, now this is John, we, third person. He includes himself. We, we confess our sins, our sins, yours and John's, our sins. If we confess our sins, he is what? Why are you thinking you on your way to hell? All you got to do is fix that business. The devil will say, well, you ain't no good. The 
devil say, you can't do better. The devil will say, you just keep messing up. The devil will say, we might as well name you can't get right because you're always messing it up. But Jesus says, if we confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our what? Sins and to cleanse us from what? Are y'all seeing this? Give me the next verse. If we say that we have not sinned, we make, we make, come on, y'all, we make, we make God a liar. And his word is not in us. Give me the next verse. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate. We have an attorney, y'all. Somebody going to take our case. When the devil accuses us, Jesus will say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm Jesus Christ, uh, King of kings, Lord of lords. I'm, I'm here to represent Brother Steph Lewis. I'm, I'm, I'm here to represent him. Huh? Huh? I go in the courtroom. Sir, you got anybody to represent you? Jesus, oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to represent W.L. Viltz. I, he got saying I'm, 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 I'm his attorney. I'm a, how you doing, Viltz? You all right? I'm good. I'm Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I've come to represent Berta Hare Forte. I'm, I'm his lawyer. I'm, I'm good. I'll look judge. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Jesus is your attorney. Yo, I was growing up, and Bill Blatt has some of the worst cases when it come down to lawsuits in the state of Louisiana. I was a fellow by, he was a lawyer of, Mr. Mayu from Eunice, Louisiana. I don't know if you ever heard of Mayu, uh, Brother Lane. Everybody went to him. <laughs> Including myself. We got on a bus accident. And my uncle was good friends with my you. Never lost a case with those things, perhaps. Always got you money. My you might have been great. He might have been good at what he did. But he ain't no Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ ain't never lost a case. I believe somewhere if I trace my you's history, he might have lost a case somewhere. But Jesus, y'all. He never lost. That means when he comes in, in the courtroom of life, in the courtroom of judgment, and he stands to plead your case, you ought to be glad. Oh, I mean, you ought to be shaking in your bones when you're standing by yourself. But when you see Jesus, the son of the living God, come in to represent your case. Oh, you ought to start smiling when Jesus says, I'm here to represent this person. You can shout for joy. You can start, I don't, I mean, you can, I know they do all these dances and these runs and praise dances, and you can praise dance then, I'm telling you. Because when Jesus says, I'm here to represent him. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. You ain't got a thing to worry about because Jesus is like a, is like a lamp. He 
He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He's humble and he's meek, but he's the Lion of Judah. And I tell you, he is standing for you and he'll stand for me. I want to close out with Romans chapter 3, verse number 12. I'm just trying to show y'all, man, look, our job is to live right, live right, live right. Feed yourself. Study the word. Live by the spirit leading you. But I want you to know when you mess up, don't, 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 you, don't you down yourself and say, I ain't going to church today. All you got to do is make that right. Watch the book. They're all gone out of their way. You see it? They are together become unprofitable. There is none that what? Y'all help me now. Come on. There's none that what? Do it good. This Romans 3. Paul tells you in Romans 7 why you can't do good. Because you're living in a body of sin. He said there's none that doeth good. No, not one. Stop acting like you're the one. Jesus is the only one. Give me the next verse. Watch. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. Let me tell you something. Whatever sin you do in your life, there is no poisonous sin that is greater than the power of God. So today, I don't know where you are. I don't know what your struggle is. Let's somebody's struggle is lying. Everybody who struggled with lying, brother, don't raise your hand. Somebody was about to, that's me, that's me. Don't raise your hand because some folk are not strong enough to handle your sin. You can't tell them what your sin is. You can't tell them what your struggle is. They will never, ever look at you again the same. They will always be like this. You over there doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, but I know yours, uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You like to suck the bottle. I know. You can say what you want. Uh-huh, I see. Yeah. You see what we do to ourselves? Somebody else's might be bad thoughts. You know, if bad thoughts get a hold of you long enough, you'll begin to act on your thoughts. Somebody else is hatred. They hate some person because that person abuse them in life somewhere down the line, physically, verbally, sexually, whatever the case might be. They hate that person in their heart because of what that person has done to them when they came up in life. And one thing we need to understand in the church is that don't you know we got people sitting down in the church every Sunday who have been abused by somebody else? What is physically, what is verbally, mentally, what is sexually, we got people who God saved uh, who struggle every day of their life. Yours might be gossip. And must I say, gossip is just not an old person's plague. Young folk talk about stuff they ain't got no business talking about. Yours might be drugs and alcohol. Hello, somebody. Yours might be premarital sex. 
Yours might be pornography. Ooh, somebody help a preacher. But you got to struggle. Maybe you got a girl on a down low. Y'all don't act like y'all don't younger. Come up in here. Maybe you buy. Maybe you like the same sex. What I'm telling you all is everybody got a struggle, a fight, a combative zone within themselves, and it's real out here. We come to church, and we think that it make everything all right. Somebody got to go home and struggle. For some of y'all, this is the best atmosphere you can be in because you dare not be by yourself. This is the best atmosphere for some people, to be among God's people. Huh? To be among God's people because it keeps your hand out of some cookie jars. You wouldn't dare put your hand in that cookie jar when you're around God's people. You're going to act right. You're going to try to think right. You're going to try to do right. But as soon as you get away from the people of God, struggle becomes real. That's my lesson to you today. We'll come back and deal with, with that Romans. I think it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. But we're on our way to heaven. But you got to be honest with yourself. Jesus took away all my sins. I have to have faith, live in it. I have to live what I believe. And if I got to keep on believing that, because Jesus has already saved me from my sins. You're a child of God. You sin. You need to make some things right on today. You can do so. You can make it right. Confess your faults, and Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. The devil is slick. The devil is sly. And he'll hold you, man, to a thought, to an idea, to a belief system to tell you, you don't need to do it. You all right. You heard the preacher say they all sin, so we all in the same boat. But you better do something with your sin before your sin take you over. And your sin can consume your life. And if it consumes your life, it can doom your life. You got to do something with that thing. Some people say you got to shake it off. Now, you got to pray it off. You got to ask some people sometimes to just pray for you. I'm struggling. I'm fighting. I'm in the fight of my life. And I need the prayers of who? The righteous. Come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing Jesus, and putting them on in water baptism for the remission of your sins. Remember, Jesus is your lawyer. He's your advocate. He's going to stand in for you. He's going to bless you. He's going to talk to God for you. And if Jesus is talking to God on your behalf, you ain't got a thing to worry about. Why don't you come to Jesus? Together we stand and together we sing the invitation song. Why don't you come? Why don't you come?